Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Purple Noon Podcast. I am Stephanie Conti, and I am here with my sweet pea, my 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 lieb. Is that the German? <laughs> Mi amor. What other languages? Mi amor. What is, what's it? What what is it in Japan? Japanese. No, oh, I don't know. I should know that. Okay. Uh, whatever uh, else I can say to represent my love. Um, my bestie it. and partner in crime, Savannah Lanause. Uh, my favorite one yet. <laughs> <laughs> They're always your favorite. Let's be honest. Yeah, so you always outdo yourself. I try. I really try. Um, but today we are here with a very, very, very special little episode where we are going to talk about the best films of uh, 2021. Um, I think more closer to the end of the year, we were lucky enough to be able to like sneak into the movie theater quite a bit. I know like in the beginning of the year, I did not go. Uh, beginning of 2021, I did not go to the theaters. Yeah. I don't think I actually went un- again to the theaters until like... Um, Zola. That's the first one, I think. The one that I went, but my first movie that I went back was for, um, oh, it might have been for uh, either Shang-Chi or um, the Black Widow movie. Bestie, I think Zola was before. Zola. You're right. It was. It was before. Because it was during the time, I think, when you guys were, like, visiting for a little bit before you went back to Puerto Rico. Yeah, it was, like, early June. It was a summer movie. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, so it wasn't until, like, middle of the year I actually started going back to um, the theaters and started really partaking in newer stuff. Um, But we have our best films of 2021. Um, These are all newer movies that we saw. Some of them we did talk about. Most of them we actually did talk about, actually. Um, Others, or at least for my list, um, others we may have just seen recently. Like there's one on here that I went to go see. Sadly, Savannah was sicky and couldn't make it with me um, to go see it. And that is also why we are, uh, we took last week off because some illnesses were spreading, you know, Miss Rona made her way through town. Yep. I had the Rona guys. It happened. You're alive. You're alive and well, would you say? Shout out to the booster. Shout out to the boost. Get base boosted boys and girls do it. And they's and them's do whatever you got to do. Cause, uh, your uh, your husband had it, then you had it, and then it literally seemed like everyone else in one week got it in Florida. <laughs> it, yeah, it's actually really crazy. Bro, I don't know how it is. COVID, stay inside. Do what I do. I don't leave. I, you know what's crazy, though? I was really concerned that you were going to get it because I saw you yeah. like, the day before Paula started having symptoms. Or the two no, days I'm before. Just, I'm built different. And by built different, I'm like refurbished. <laughs> I'm a refurbished human being in terms of my health. Um, no, I got very lucky. Um, I also am very paranoid about COVID, so I do take a lot of precautions. You know, I buy like I've, I've I buy the mask. I wipe yeah. down counters and stuff like that. You know, when I'm out in public. Um, so I, I think that helped a little bit, and being base boosted. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would have. I honestly think, and I was talking about it with someone today. I think honestly, I'll probably just because of how paranoid I am of COVID and everything like that, I'll probably end up with something stupid like tuberculosis first before Don't I say even get that. COVID. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like, bro, you know, you had Yersinia pettis, the plague, and I'm gonna be like, what? No, you already had rubella. 
We're moving on. I had rubella over 10 years ago, but d- did I get it during the year where there was the least amount of cases ever recorded in history? Yes. I feel like that's your, your penance. That is why, dude, you, the reason why you, you, your body rejects COVID is because you had rubella. That is the cure. Bro, co- uh, rubella walked so COVID could run. <laughs> that's how it is for my health. Yep. Sorry, I just sipped tea right next to the microphone. My apologies. Okay. I'm eating but, like peanut clusters, which I realize is probably not a good idea. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's, it's, it's evening time. It's almost dinner time by the time we're recording this. So if you hear a little bit of slurpy noises and a little bit of snacking noises, it's just what we have to do. we got to bring the energy somehow. Um, but yeah, so luckily you've made a pretty full recovery, right? I'm negative as of today. And no like, weird side effects or anything like that. You were able to dodge those gnarly long-hauling situations, right? So far, it seems. Yes, I feel completely back to normal. I never lost my sense of taste or smell. Excellent. Um, the, the biggest thing was because I, I barely had a cough surprisingly mm-hmm. and, the, oh, but your husband was hacking. Yeah. The poor man. <laughs> but I had the worst body aches. It yeah. felt like I got punched everywhere. Like somebody hit me with a car. It was very surreal experience. And for about two days, I felt like when I was walking, I was running. Yeah. Any type of stamina I had was gone for two days. But I'm really, really feeling very blessed that I've gained all of that back. No more body aches. I can lightly jog if I choose to. (laughs) And uh, no cough, no anything. So I honestly got it really, really – and I'm immunocompromised, so I was very worried that even with all the shots and everything, I was still going to get it bad. But honestly, the booster came through. The booster really came through. So Science works, guys. If you're on the fence, I promise you, if you ever do get COVID, it's going to like really, really save you a lot of Oh, strength. yeah. I'm, and people think like, oh, because you're vaccinated um, and you still got sick with COVID, that means that you uh, – essentially, they allude to the fact that it's like, oh, that means that the vaccine didn't work. No, that means that if you had really gnarly symptoms and you were vaccinated or even you know boosted and stuff, that you probably would have been the – sad few people to have passed away from having COVID if you did not get the vaccine. Yeah, no, I think if I didn't have the vaccine, I would have been out for the count because I just the whole, like even the whole me not being able to like get up and walk around, that's scary in itself. You know what I'm saying? Like It lasted two days, but I was like, God, if I didn't have this vaccine, I would be nowhere near like, I, I could still for the most part, do things. I could still cook. Yeah. I could still stand up, breathe fine. I was eating fine. It just kind of felt like you had a go-kart accident. Sorry, like- <laughs> I didn't mean to bring that back. You actually were involved in a go-kart accident. So was I. I apologize. Yeah, we have uh, some go-kart trauma, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, that's the stupidest thing ever. Oh yeah, we have go- a go-kart trauma. But it's true. It really is true. It's so sad how true that is. Well, you know, we just don't we don't do go karts anymore. Let's just no. keep it at that. We no. don't trust the science. I'm not a go karter. <laughs> I'd rather walk. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did make a full recovery. My husband made a full recovery, and surprisingly, no one around us got sick yeah. at all. 
So we are very, very Everyone happy. else did. Everyone else not, like, centered around you guys. Everyone else got sick, though. Very odd. So everybody we saw, right, everybody we saw face-to-face with mm-hmm. before we got, you know, before we knew we were at COVID, it's totally fine. No COVID. But we know, like, seven other people that we haven't seen that has COVID. Yeah. What, is, what a crazy situation we're living in. It is very crazy, but at the end of the day, there luckily is a lot of things at, on our side to help us kind of power through this. And, you know, like with Delta and everything, we're going to see a nice dip, you know, in um, COVID cases. It'll start probably arising again by the time summer comes around because it'll just come and go in waves like that. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, maybe this will finally be the wake up call for people to get um, vaccinated because now we're seeing reinfections and now hopefully people are going to take this a little bit more seriously. Like, um, in my boyfriend's class, not to rat anyone out, but someone (laughs) did show up sick and they refused to get COVID tested and they refused to get vaccinated and they refused a lot. And so they just sat in the back of the class for six hours without a mask, just like just dying in the background. And, it's funny because my boyfriend was like, hey, can you send me the link to the mask? I'm like, why? You need some more? He's like, no, everyone's freaking out and everyone wants to buy masks now because in Florida, you don't have to wear one. This, you can't mandate it in Florida. So everyone in that class was like, nah, send, send the link. <laughs> it's because of this kid in the back. Dude, if I got COVID again because somebody like wants to do that, I'm going to be pissed because yeah. I literally was on TikTok and I've seen people that were like, hey, I got the OG COVID, the Delta and Omicron, not doing it. No. no, nope, no, thank you. I don't care if I people think I look silly in a mask, silly no, when I, I wipe down stuff. The mask I is never going me. away. The masks are never going away for me. I don't care. Yeah. I love the masks. I don't want people to breathe on me. Bro, I save so much in makeup. Oh yeah, please. I don't I save so much in face makeup because no, no blush, no moisturizer. I mean, you can moisturize, but no foundation, no bronzer, no contour, none of, no under eye powder, none of that. When you got yeah, on a mask. just a little eyeliner, a little yeah, eyebrows. I don't know. I like the mask. I'm keeping it forever. Me too. Me too. Plus, you remain anonymous. You know. Yeah. Like a mystery. Yeah. Guys can't, you know, be like, hey, mama, when you just, when half your face is not exposed, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but I'm really, really happy that you and, you know, your husband pulled through and everything, of course. And I'm also really happy that you guys don't have any, like, um, side effects from it, you know, long-term effects from it. No, uh, and honestly, guys, just a little advice, definitely quarantine for the full 10 days. Yes, even though the CDC did come out and say five, so that way they can get you back to work, um, you know, if and you stuff can, like that. Just quarantine. Because it really, like, even for you who was triple vaccinated, it took you over a week to get over it. So one week, I was still testing positive. Yeah. Like, with the one week mark. And then I hit the 10-day mark, and I'm fully negative. I'm not contagious. I'm fully negative. I got everything tested. So I don't know why, but those three days really mattered. And same with Paulo. He tested negative on his, I think, nine or 10 day mark. Yeah. So I really don't think, I understand the CDC has to do what they have to do, but if you can just quarantine the 10 days. Yeah. And also too, like, and if you're listening to this right now, or if you know people who say like, oh, but I'm healthy, I live healthily and stuff like that. Dude, healthy people still get cancer. Healthy people still get sick. 
you know? So it's not just, oh, I'm, I have a great immune system and stuff like that. Like, why are you going to take chances like that? And why are you going to put the people around you at risk of something like that? Yeah, definitely. Don't do your research. Listen to the people who spend thousands upon thousands of dollars to get where they need to be in <laughs> life and spend that much into schooling and did that many years into schooling and everything. Spent over 10 years in school to become an epidemiologist just for you to just research and look up a Joe Rogan <laughs> podcast I episode love, and go based on that. I love people that say do my own research. No offense, everybody. Everybody, I understand. Do you. But I love people that say that because it's like, I'm going to do my own research. I failed chemistry. I got a D in biology. Yeah. I'm not doing none of my own research. I don't know what I'm talking about. And I know damn well a lot of you guys failed those classes too. Yeah. Please don't do your own research, guys. Please. Yeah, just – and like if you're going to do any type of research, have it be done by the CDC and, you know, any other government health websites within your nation. Just because, I mean, if you – especially if you live in the U.S., like – where are you going to look? You're going to go on a mom blog who reads about how, like, she, I don't know, like, grows her own kombucha and she believes that's the cure for COVID? I mean, you could entertain that idea, but at the end of the day, listen to the people who actually know what they're talking about. You know, I, Bestie, I love you. I would not go to you for car help. <laughs> I would not go to you at all for car help. I would not go to anyone else for car help except possibly my boyfriend because he's a car head. Or someone who's an uh, who works uh, a, a car mechanic, essentially. If you oh, wouldn't do that to funny. your car, don't do that to your body. I have scratches all over my car. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> From running into my garage door. That's a separate issue. But in but hindsight, you are a trusted source because I love you and you're my bestie. So that is a trusted source in my eyes. But am I going to get the information that I need to save my life? <laughs> Probably not. No. no. <laughs> You tell me, oh, I need to change the oil. You'd be like, oh, just pour some canola. And my car blows up and I die. If I, you're yelling, like, yeah, how do you get rid of scratches? No, nah, leave it. <laughs> yeah, leave it. But you know what we mean. Do, uh, just do your part in, you know, and if you're not even good at, like, the bare minimum you can do is just if you're feeling sick, you just don't go to work. Don't go to school. Don't be that person hacking in the back of the classroom. That's all. We don't peace need, love, you know, guys. All don't need to be love. subjugated to that. Yeah. No one does. But with that being said, with our little, uh, you know, every, I feel like we do this like every three months, our little COVID rant, but it comes from a place of love and, you know, just from not wanting to see people, you know, die or suffer oh, yeah. major repercussions from it. Um, like we have love. seen people do. With peace um, and love, guys. Yeah, with peace and love. Um, but now let's get into the main uh, the main event. And that is talking about our best films of 2021. So, as I was saying, I personally did not get started to go to the movie theater until middle of the year. So my list is a little bit shorter. So I do have, um, out of 10, two bonus films that are movies that I saw for the first time in 2021 that I'm going to include just because I don't have enough references. Um, so I will be adding those in. And so Savannah, would you like to start with your 10th, uh, like going from you know, one of the best to the best of the best of the best, starting at the bottom. Sure. Can I add, can I say my bonus film now, though? Yeah, go ahead. Um, so my bonus film will actually be, it's Being the Ricardos. Mm. Wait, so, why is that a bonus film? Didn't that come out last year? Yeah, but it's not, I didn't make the list. It didn't make the list. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, I really, so the reason I didn't make the list is because, to be honest, I think the film 
like I thought the main leads were fantastic actors, but they were a little too old for their role. Yeah, they, I saw part of it. I watched like half of it, but it was it it took a little bit away from the realism. They're supposed to be in their late thirties, early forties, I believe. Maybe like early, early forties, and I think Ricky is supposed to be even like younger than her. But the actors that are playing Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem, they're in their fifties. Yeah. So and they look like they're in their fifties. So for me, that took a lot of energy to not notice that but the story itself the the dialogue the script what um the flashbacks I thought it was done very very well the costuming I was very Mm -hmm. impressed and I think it should still get some you know recognition yeah because I think the film itself is very good I just think unfortunately they went too old sorry I think my mom is making um (laughs) platanos in the background so she's smashing (laughs) The plantains okay. in the background. So if you hear any, that's probably that happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, shout out to Nicole Kidman for my favorite performance of the year, which was Moviegoer. Love that. Love her. Moviegoer. Good and job. the AMC commercials, you know, nothing like Nicole Kidman telling me, I'm just like you. Yeah, right. Love it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, the, one of my favorite films that was more of a discovery film because it's not from 2021, but I saw it in 2021, was actually 1984. Oh, I, great. I really loved that movie. And I loved, like, I think one, one of the things about it that still kind of has a, a, a lasting impression on me is the way that the film looks. Um, even like I have, I, I kind of see it almost every day because I actually, for, um, I use Apple music and one of my icons for my music, um, is a photo from the movie 1984. And yeah. I always think I'm like, dang, that was a really well done movie that was shot so well. So that would be like my little shout out to a film I discovered in, um, 2021. Awesome. Um, okay. So what is, so that was your bonus. So these were our bonuses. And then, um, what is your number 10 spot? Sure. It was Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. That was great. That was great. It almost, I was considering of adding it to my list, but I'd say it it wasn't on there, yeah, you know? That's okay. Um, no, I really, it's very rare for me to, not, I, I like Marvel films, but it's very rare for me to really, really think a Marvel film has all well-adjusted characters, a really great, you know, storyline and i was very very impressed with what they were able to do and of course tony lang i mean ah tony lang i loved him i think honestly like he is the best part of and also um uh simu lee uh oh yeah he he is one of the the best parts both of them are just i love their on-screen presence and everything like that i really enjoyed the film but it wasn't enough for me to put it in like the top 10 best i would say for me it was like definitely a for me a above average marvel movie but it it, i I just i don't know why compared to other movies that are on my list it didn't feel appropriate to put it on there no of course i mean he's probably now my favorite superhero i think that's why i think he was included but yeah that'll be my number number 10 awesome um, for me, my, so my number 10 was 1984, but then the other one that I have, and so this still works because I actually, my number two spot is actually a tie. So I'll kind of go through that separately. Okay. Um, but so for me, my number 10 film, uh, which is a film I discovered in 2021 would be the night Porter. 
Very interesting. Okay. I really loved um, the love, night quarter. You love those messed up relationships. I really do. You I, are a sucker for I, messed up relationships. I know I'm ill. I know I'm sick, <laughs> but I love it. I, I love the night porter. Um, and I understand it's not for everyone. Um, uh, Roger Ebert famously claimed that it was a Nazi chic. Um, <laughs> and I kind of understand that, but I didn't, that's not obviously why I like the movie. I thought the movie was just very well done and very different, especially from the time period that it came out of. Sure. Um, uh, so I really, I, I really like those types of like, I don't want to say forbidden relationship and I don't, it kind of is a forbidden relationship, but not in like the, Ooh, positive sense. It's like, Oh no, like this should be forbidden. This is bad. Yeah. It should be illegal. And it is in most places. So I, I just really like the night Porter. I like the psychology behind the night Porter and everything. And it's one of those movies too, that I'm like, dang, that was, a, that was really good. You know, when I think about movies that I watched last year. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So what is your number nine? Uh, the French Dispatch. I still haven't seen it. I'm I so genuinely angry. very, very much enjoyed the movie. I think it has. So it's separated into three different plots. The first one is my absolute favorite. Uh, obviously, it's very Wes Anderson. The characters, the costuming, it was very funny, very good. Um, definitely a favorite of the year. Gotcha. Okay. Um I really wish I could have saw it. They did not play it in the theaters by me um, when Lame. it was originally out. Come on, Sinopolis. Lame step and it up. lazy. Step lazy. it up. <laughs> um, and then also I went to go buy the DVD, but I recently got a a non-Blu-ray all-region DVD player. And the only thing, like I was literally about to buy it, but then I realized they only had Blu-rays available. So I couldn't get it. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, I, I really do want to see it. How does it compare, in your opinion, to some of Wes's other films? Um, I still think Grand Budapest Hotel and Moonrise Kingdom is better, just story-wise. But I'd say it's a solid number three or number four. It's up there. Definitely top five. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, I love Grand Budapest and I love those um, Moonrise Kingdom and everything. I did watch... um, Rushmore, uh, I believe oh. one of his first works recently, and I, I think that one still upholds pretty well too. I, I really, it's it's not as uh, chic as his normal stuff and how it is today and everything, but I still really enjoyed the film. No, I gotta see it. Um, okay, for me, I think, dang, I already lost count, so it was bonus. Book. I think Eight. we're at nine. Nine because no, French Dispatch was my nine, so I think you're at nine. Let me, let me, one, two. I'm on eight. What happened? How do we do this? What's going, wait, hold on, I messed up. You sure you, Night Porter wasn't your born, bonus? No, I had two bonuses, 1984 and Night Porter. So what was your number 10? Oh, I didn't say it. Okay. So you got to catch up. It. 10 and okay. 9. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> the next one is, I was like, oh, okay. Sorry. We always, This always happens. We always lose track. Okay. <laughs> I really got to start numbering my list, man. Um, my number 10, and this is now getting into the movies that did come out in 2021. Um, number 10 for, no, not number 10, whatever number. Good Lord. For me, uh, was Pig. I really enjoyed Pig. Pig. I thought Pig was very different. Um Definitely, like, a very classic type of A24 type of movie, but it really took me by surprise with how gentle the movie was. That's a good way to put it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed Pig, um, and I, I, I 
I liked it a lot. I thought it was different for for any type of movie to come out in 2021. But I also thought it was different for the, you know, um, Nicolas Cage, too. I wasn't expecting him to be in that role. Yeah, I mean, I really, I also thought the the background to it was like surreal a little bit. It was like the underground Seattle or no, underground Portland restaurant business. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that whole subplot. So, oh, and um, Alex Wolf was great in that too. Yes. Yes, he was. He was very good in that. But he's also, and maybe that's also another reason why it feels very A24. The minute I see Alex Wolf, it's like, ah, oh, hereditary. You know, I feel like that comes to mind yeah. anytime. Or Naked Brothers Band, if you remember that, if you're old enough to remember oh, that. Oh, the Naked Brothers Band. If that's not love, then what is <laughs> I was a fan. I was a fan, Alex. <laughs> you this. I was a fan. But I am more of a fan now of your acting career, I will say. Um, but yeah, so Pig. I really enjoyed Pig. What's your next film? Well, you have to catch up, so do number nine. Or uh, just let's go back and forth. Okay. <laughs> let's go back and forth. No problem. No problem. Um, number eight was a movie called Nine Days. Have you heard of it? I have not. So it came out in the summer. It, I don't. It should have gotten more attention. It was basically about. So it was about this. It's very hard to explain. But these spiritual beings, they look like us. And essentially, there's this head guy who is kind of like God a little bit. And he essentially picks these spiritual beings to go live a full life on Earth. Mm -hmm. And it is one of the most emotional and captivating films about life itself. Because the movie talks about grief and what it really means to actually like be alive and mm-hmm. sometimes just being alive is enough. The experience of being alive is enough. And I think it's such a great message because I think, you know, as a society now, we are worried about, oh, what's our next move, our careers? We got to get it going. And what's my passion? I got to make money. This movie just talks about like the fact that like, hey, being alive and the little things are enough. And it was so great. And the cast was so great, and I'm so sad nobody else has heard about it, but it was a very emotional experience. You know, when I looked at the cover, it, you, I think it's also because I I got it confused with another movie that came out that was filmed during, like, quarantine and everything like that. I thought it was that um, Stephen Yin movie. Um, oh, let me look at what it was. Um I had the humans. I had confused that movie with the humans for a while. And so when nine days came out and no one really talked about it and I didn't think it was that movie. I thought it was the humans. No, it, so I, I, it was also like nobody, I, I only found out about it because I saw a trailer while I was watching another movie. Like in the, mm-hmm. this is when I started going back to the movies. I saw it in the theaters. Um, and Nobody talked about it. It was only out at AMC for like a week. I don't know what happened, but and the reviews weren't great because the movie is kind of slow, in my opinion. And I think that's why it didn't get as much res- uh, recognition because it's a slower film and not too much happens. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a shame because it really is one of those movies that I think everybody should watch. Gotcha. It kind okay. of reminded me of Disney Soul a little bit. Oh, okay. It's I was picturing same. more like an into the wild type of thing where, with the kind of like that that same type of message and feel. Yeah, no, it's it's just more, yeah, into the wild is actually a pretty good, it, it's not the same premise, obviously, but the message, that's a pretty good 
comparison. Gotcha. Um, I would okay. watch it if you can find it anywhere. I don't know if it's streaming, but I thought Let it should get more right now because that's definitely something that I'm interested in. Um, so nine days is available. Um, right now, only for renting on Amazon Prime. But that's a nice cast, and I remember seeing um, Skarsgård, Bill Skarsgård in it, and that's why I was like, oh, I want to see it. But I just didn't hear anything from it after I saw the trailer. No, I would give it a chance. I think it has a really superb message. Okay, I will check it out. Um, for me, the next film on my list is um, Kingdom, Ashen of the North. Oh, that was a great one. So this one is a movie that is available on Netflix, and it is a tie-in with the TV show Kingdom. Now, I think one of the reasons why this is on my list is because I it's it's inc- it's first of all a great movie, but it's also really tough to make a movie tie-in that you can also watch alone and enjoy. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. I really appreciated that fact, um, and also I just really liked it. I thought it was a great setup for the next season of the show. Um, I really just, I really loved it. I love Kingdom, Ashen of the North. I thought it was an interesting story. Of course, the the, the scenes and the way it's filmed, the zombies and everything are, are fantastically done. You know, like um, Netflix Korea does it best when it comes to, you know, zombies and everything. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed it. I agree. It's a great prequel, but also a great standalone film. Mm-hmm. What's your next film? Zola. Zola. Zola's at the bottom of the list? Zola's number seven. Okay. Zola okay. was really fun. It was a really fun experience. Yeah. Um, Zola is, um, for me, not this upcoming movie. Well, like, not my next movie, but this movie after. So for me, Nola, uh, Zola, Nola. Zola is one, two, three, four, five. Nola, Zola, oh my god, I keep saying Nola, Nola sorry. <laughs> Zola is number six on my list. Um, oh, Zola. so yeah, just one above. I'm yeah, just one above. Seven. No, I really like Zola. That was such a fun movie. They did it so tastefully, too. I thought they did everybody justice. It's a great I, experience. I think with Zola, I loved it because for a movie involving strippers and, you know, the whole yeah. premise about it and everything – I loved how much it felt like a Kubrick film. And that's one thing that I I think was not an approach I was expecting when going to see the movie. And that's what still holds me to think like, yeah, like that was a really smart decision. Like when the scenes where they would just be driving at night and you would hear, you know, some classical music and stuff like that was very reminiscent of, you know, moments of The Shining, moments in um, Clockwork Orange and stuff. And I really, I appreciated that. And because it definitely took the a, a, a nice deviation away from what I was expecting this film to be. I was expecting the film to be like a fun, like kind of like a spring breakers type of thing. I was not expecting it to be very cinematic, you know? Yes. It was a great surprise. It was done very tastefully. It was funny. It had everything. Gotcha. So, um, the film that is number seven for me, because it's seven is Zola for you, correct? Yeah. Number seven for me is no time to die. Oh, that's higher on my list. I know. I realized that. And I was like, oh, crap. If she went lower with Zola, I went low with No Time to Die. I really did like No Time to Die. I thought it was great and everything. But it's it compared to other Bonds, it, it for me, I thought it was a great ending. 
but it didn't hold up to previous um, Daniel Craig Bond movies. Okay. I thought, obviously, yeah, I, I do think um, Skyfall is better, but I think it was a way to go. Like, yeah, I, think I thought it was best- great. I just, I also will say, Rami Malek did a great performance, but he is not my favorite Bond villain. Oh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I really liked um, from the guy from Glorious Bastards. I'm blanking on his name. Spectre. Spectre. And a lot of people, look, I will, I know everyone has their own opinions. They think Quantum of Solace is the best one with Daniel Craig and everything like that. And I respect you, but I'm a Skyfall girl. Sky. I'm sorry. I love Skyfall. I love the way Skyfall was filmed. And that's why I hold it very near and dear to my heart. I love Skyfall. Sure. That makes sense. I mean, for me, I do think Skyfall and Spectre was just a better story. But I did like how they ended this Bond film. I think it's the best ending to almost any Bond films Mm -hmm. ever. Um, I liked a lot of the sequences done. I thought it was very entertaining. And I like the idea of, I don't want to spoil it, but just kind of Bond retired like truly the only way james bond character in my opinion would ever stop and go out yeah so it's a great standalone film but i agree with you i do think some of his other films are just better in general yeah like so there's just to do a quick recap with him there's casino royale quantum solace um skyfall specter and then um no time to die um i just I like Skyfall. Probably this movie, No Time to Die, would be my, probably my third. And then Spectre, Skyfall, and then the other two. And I will say, it's not that the other two are bad and stuff like that. I just, for me, Skyfall is where it's at for me. And I know so many people like want to fight me on that because they think the the first two were the best. But Skyfall was gorgeous. Skyfall was a gorgeous movie. Oh, no one can be Adele in my eyes ever. Adele, um, oh my God, the song. Um, and then just, I think also it just had in my eyes, not just the best action sequences, but I really did think it had the best directing overall. Sure. Um, it was my fav- one of my favorite theater experiences this year. Because yeah. it was oh, one I of the first on video on demand. Okay, yeah. So it was one of the first big movies to come out this year, like blockbuster. Like everyone's going to go to the theater and see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of my favorite experiences because it was like the first. Oh, it's the first big thing, and it was it was a lot of fun. So definitely, it's actually number three for me. Oh wow! Okay, because there's just a lot best theater experience. One of the best theater experiences. And I was very excited. I was very happy because I think when you end something as big as James Bond each and every time, there is a lot of anticipation. There is a lot. 100%. And I think at least for the the ending, they did a fantastic job, Mm -hmm. at least for the ending. So I was very happy. I was very satisfied. Um, And yeah, so that was that was my number three. And that was your number seven. Now I'm excited to see what your top six is. Ooh, okay, so I feel like six starts with Zola, so we could get that out of the way. Mine's Zola. What is your number six? Oh, Spider-Man. Oh, okay, that's my number five. 
Okay, well, look at us sinking. We're sinking up. Um, yeah, I think Spider-Man was such a fun experience. Oh, yeah, everybody went crazy. For me, that was my favorite experience of the year. Spider-Man yeah. was my favorite. I, I was in a big, uh, you know, uh, movie theater with a lot of people in it, just the hooting and holler. I cried. I cried a lot. I can admit <laughs> that. A lot of my childhood just coming back is... Um, I, I'm an only child, and so one of the very few movies that I would have available on repeat was the uh, first two Spider-Man movies. So I, I, I loved it. I thought it was really great and just fantastic, honestly. William Defoe. That's it. So for me, I will say Spider-Man um, – it's called No Way Home, right? Yes. No Way Home, yes. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home I think is – the best Marvel movie now. Oh, I agree. I think I told Paula one of the things I was worried about with this movie that it was going to like ride the nostalgia train too long. Because a lot of movies do that. A lot of movies are like, oh, remember this when you were a kid? We're bringing it back. Yeah. I think Spider-Man did a very tasteful and just a great job. All the jokes landed. They gave a lot of characters and just actors in general a really good fair shot. Because I think, for example, I'd never watched the Andrew Garfield movies, but everyone tells me they weren't good. Yeah, I was not a fan of them when I saw them. But um, they did justice to, like, Jamie Foxx. They did justice to Andrew Garfield. They did justice to everybody in the movie. Yeah. So William Defoe is still killing it. All right. So aside from Spider-Man, so what is the next movie that is going to be on your list? All right, so Spider-Man was actually my number six. So my number five is A Quiet Place 2. Really? I am a sucker for a good sequel because it doesn't happen a lot. Gotcha. Okay. So um, I saw the I first one, but I didn't see the second one. So it it lived up to it, essentially? Yeah, definitely. I thought they did a fantastic job with, you know, I didn't know where they were going to go with the story, but they actually did a really great wow. sequel. I was very impressed with John Krasinski. Honestly, and this one he directed too, great. right? Everything Didn't great. he direct? Yes. Yes. So he did a fantastic job. I hope they do a third one um, because the second one really loved up to everything. And it's one of those rare movies that have a great sequel. Gotcha. Yeah, let me see. And it, it even did well too in terms of like – um, like ratings and stuff like that too. And you don't see that often. So that's awesome. When I didn't know yeah. I had Cillian Murphy in it. Oh, now I really got to see it. He's good. Okay. He's good in it. So that was, you said your number five. So my yes. number five was one, two, three. Let me count again because I'm blind. <laughs> yeah. My number five was Spider-Man. So Spider-Man, of course, I already said what I had to say on it. So I'm going to throw it back to you to tell me your number four. Uh, so my number four, I saw literally, I think, January 2nd of 2021. And it was Promising Young Woman. Oh, very yeah. It Hello. is a 2021 film, ain't it? So very technically, it's a 2020 okay. film. Came out the very, very end of 2020. But I saw the like second day of okay, 2021. It counts, it counts. And I loved it. Yeah, just I guess I saw it in 2021, um, but it, I really love the movie. I'm glad it got like what 
so I'm, I'm glad I got the recognition it deserved because I think it's a good story mm-hmm. and it's very unique in terms of like plot and I I very much appreciated what yeah and then say. uh you and I ended up having a little hangout together and we ended up watching this movie had a and it was awesome like yeah. I, I was not expecting this movie to be what it was I thought it was I genuinely thought it was a great film I didn't realize that it did technically kind of come out on that cusp um I was I actually probably would have put it on my list because I was very very um impressed with that movie I, I really enjoyed that movie very much yeah I think it's I'm I'm really excited to see more from I forget her name but the woman who em- wrote and directed it because Fennel? I think Emerald. I'm excited to see more from Emerald because I think this is a fantastic yeah, debut. Yeah, oh, very strong debut as well. Just overall very well written, very well acted. Um, I will say I am very partial to Bo Burnham. I thought he did a great job in the movie and I really liked Bo. all the twists and turns that this movie had. So I thought that was great too. Has a lot to offer yeah. for everybody. So course. my number four um, – and this originally was my number three, but I've split my tie for second into two movies, so that why that's why this gets bumped down to four. Um, we talk about before, uh, but it was Nightmare Alley. I really enjoyed Nightmare Alley. I'm not a big Guillermo del mm-hmm. Toro fan, but he brought the heat with this one, in my opinion. Oh, I love Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley was fantastic. And is it on your list? It's, it's number, number one. one. Bestie, it's nice, number nice. One. It really was a great it's film. It's so good. I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for I, – I love movies, and it, it just did a good job at being an old yeah. movie in a 2021 landscape. Did such a great job. The cast was amazing. Another Defoe on no, the list. Double Defoe. We wouldn't expect it any double other Defoe. way. Uh, so it was a great movie, a great way to end the year with a thriller and a good thriller. Nice. Yeah, it was, it was awesome and super enjoyable, and it's just one of those movies where I think – 90% of people who go see it will enjoy it because it was just extremely well written and it had a lot to offer. Guillermo needs to do more New York. Dude, dude I, I want him to do double indemnity or 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 <gasps> one of my favorites that no one knows about. And I'm not talking about the remake that happened in like 1999 with Matt Dillon. I'm talking about the original one with um Robert Wagner, A Kiss Before Dying. Ooh, that's so good. I love that movie. You know what movie is really good? When I said, hold the phone, let me get the book too. And I read the book and I love the book too. You got to see it. Yes. You got to see it. That's like one of my favorite I'm from that era. It. It's, it's, it's on my I, list. Because you know why? It's a dubious little film for that era. I thought it was very dubious. thought it was very um, <laughs> very dark for the times. And I'm like, ooh, I, like, I liked it when people of that time pushed the envelope. And this definitely does. Like, like just no. as a, a little teaser, films, a seriously. kiss before dying. Uh, the whole plot of it is, um, it, it's essentially, and I won't get too far into it. Um, but essentially, it's about this um, college kid who goes to a very, um, like, kind of like a Harvard or a Yale type school, right? And he's realizing because through his loans and everything like that, he's he's really not set up for much. I think he actually uses the GI bill in it to be able to go and attend the school and stuff like that. But um, he ends up falling in love, air quote, air quote, with a woman who just happens to be very rich. And 
the whole first part of the movie, I'm not going to explain what happens, but the whole first part is him trying to get her an abortion in like 1952 because she ends up falling pregnant and she realizes like that she's not going to become the heir to her father's company if she has a child out of wedlock. Wow. So it's it's a very – it's a saucy little drama. It's a saucy little drama, and I love it. <laughs> and it didn't do well, we love but those. I love it. The I'm book is great, too, by Ira Levine. So it's by the same author who wrote um, Rosemary's Baby. Oh, yeah. So okay. very, very good. Um, so that was a uh, number uh, – no, that was – Nightmare Alley was number four for me. And what did you say your number four was? Promising. Promising Young Woman, my number three was No Time to Die. So what's your number three? My number three is a movie I saw l- last week, and it knocked my friggin' socks off. The Tragedy of Macbeth. Was it- I will I say, amazing. this I- is a movie that was in tie. In tie with another movie, with the next movie on the list. And the reason why is because I consider, and I'll talk a little bit more when I mention it, but Tragedy of Macbeth, yes, it's a story we've heard before, but oh my lord, Denzel, like I knew Denzel was going to bring the heat. I didn't think he would bring out my favorite performance from him. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. so good. And the directing, like, don't get me wrong. I always thought the Cohen brothers, or at least it's made by Joel Cohen, half of a Cohen, um, just one whole half a Cohen. Um, He... (laughs) stupendous job at directing like this movie i think zach said that the uh, tragedy of macbeth was the best movie that he saw um from 2021 um and it just an incredible film and what was excellent was that usually these macbeth traumas and stuff are like three friggin hours long no this was like an hour and a half it was perfect Oh, I'm so excited to see it now that yes. I'm quarantine. Oh, it's so, so worth it. It's so worth going to see. And th- well, and also too, um, if you have Apple TV, it's available on demand for free if you have Apple TV. Ah, okay. So yeah, extremely well done. And I, I really hope um, we can see probably some type of nomination for Denzel for the role. I'm really interested. That's very in good. It. What is your number two spot? The Last Duel. Nice. I, I do want to see that film. movie as well. As I have not been able to see it. I do want to see it. I'm so intense about it because it's so good and nobody saw it. And I'm very upset because I think this is one of Ridley Scott's best. House of Gucci was fun. But I was going to say, know, we can House of Gucci would have been like number 10 ass- for you. I really liked House of Gucci. I really thought it was very, very entertaining. But if you're asking me if it's like a critically acclaimed good movie in that way, hold the phone. Hold the phone because I'm just discovering something. How could you not tell me that Alex Lothar from The End of the Fucking World was in this movie? Oh, yeah, he's the king. I feel like a fool for not watching it now. I felt like a fool before. I feel like even more of a fool now for not seeing the film. I am so passionate about this movie because it's so good. And they don't make period dramas like this anymore. Nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to put the money into it. And I'm very scared that because nobody saw it. And I hope hope people are going to buy the DVD. I hope that does something. That they're not going to make these movies anymore. But it was so good. It was one of the best movies of the year. All the actors in this movie do such a... 
splendid job and it's a feminist movie okay and it's not like the the woke feminism whatever it's real it's a feminism feminist and we need more of this movie okay but <laughs> just get for your reaction tbh <laughs> Uh, no but it's a really good movie without throwing it in your face and it has action it has drama it has everything it has Scott, everything you it has fighting two boston scenes. boys in it you got a blonde two affleck you got an old weather looking just based off the cover you got an old weathery <laughs> hag looking version of matt damon yeah and then you got adam driver with his kylo ren hair okay and a beard and you have the beautiful Jodie Comer. You have the guy from the end of the effing world. And you have other people. Everybody in this movie does a fantastic job. And everybody needs to see it because it's an important movie. And we need to support big movies like this and period dramas. And it's Ridley Scott's best. And I'm sad. Dude, Ridley Scott took a breather from putting down Marva Flumes just to make this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sad because he's like 83. Smart. And you don't know how many more he has of this left, guys. He's true. 83. We need to support him. This is a House of Gucci should not be. Look, House of Gucci is a really fun camp House of movie. Gucci should have gone to, to, uh, to uh, Tom Ford. Uh, absolutely. But, you know, putting that aside, it's just a fun movie. I don't actually think it's like. If you're if you're talking about if it's actually actually good, dude, I thought I was mm, kidding. Ridley Scott is actually really. eighty four. Okay, no, he is old. Dude, dude, we this, have to dude, understand this. Homie this was have... born during. Homie was born during the time that last duel takes place. Are you kidding me? That's what he gets good. No. But... <laughs> he's very old and he's he he put everything into this movie i don't know what house of gucci was i feel like house of gucci was his silly goofy mood movie that just happened to be fun to watch it's a guilty pleasure yeah. i would say but last duel is the real deal and i'm sad nobody got a nomination for it i'm sad nobody's talking about this movie he put a hundred million dollars in this movie it made nothing guys please bro buy he put DVD. his whole gucci please in this movie it. <laughs> still didn't get as much as it should have <laughs> i put more gucci in it than I'm gucci. So yes and nobody please please go see it it is so good i understand that not everybody is a fan of the themes they're talking about i get, get it, over it. I understand. <laughs> Cry harder. But this is a <laughs> this is a real life story, and it's important. And everybody who worked on this movie deserves recognition. So everybody, go watch it. Do you hear the, right the, now the tonight, in her tomorrow. voice? The passion. I'm so sad. I ordered the Blu-ray. It's coming. All right. I will be getting I, the, the DVD as well. If that's the case. Thank you, Bestie. And I will Thank support, you. you know, you and your decision. I know for you to be like, ah, about it. I know it's got to be really great. I just think it should have gotten more credit and just people should have gone to see it. I understand it's not everybody's spiel. I get it. But it really is one of those worthwhile movies to watch. It's a great film. Please I'm like begging to Purple Noon. I'm begging to you guys, just go see I will, it. I, I promise it. at least one person will see it, and that is me. Um, <laughs> for me, 
<laughs> my number two film. And look, this partly pains me to say because I'm not weak. I know I'm not is. weak. I'm not a musical person. I'm a Lars von Trier Ugh. type of gal. I'm a give me we a got it. If I'm we talking musicals, I want sadness. I want death. And yes, this did bring Stop. it for me. This did bring that. I like Moulin Rouge, and that is it. But and I also know that there's a lot of controversy oh, behind the lead of this film. But damn, I really loved West Side Story. I friggin' loved I, it. I wish. Shook to I my saw core it twice you don't in like theaters. I don't. I don't, I don't like, musicals. like musicals. I don't sing. I don't. I don't listen to music. No, I'm kidding. I do. Um, but I was not expecting to like it. And literally, it was one of those things where we just because it was my mom's birthday, and we were originally going to go see Spider Man. Uh, we were going to go see Nightmare Alley actually, and Spider Man was booked. Then we were like, okay, let's go see Nightmare Alley. I goofed up and I made the wrong ticket, so we went to the ticket counter. I was like, actually, West Side Story starts in ten minutes. You want to watch it? And she was like, yeah, sure, whatever. In the first 10 minutes, we were like, oh, shit, this is going to be good. Like, we knew, like, oh, Steel Spielberg. It, it, I wasn't, I was like, oh, get this stuff away from him. He doesn't need this. No, he really put it all in this film. It was, even though it's something we've seen before, I will say, it's better than the original. And you could be like, how is that? Because so many reasons why. It's so much better directing. The singers are fantastic, not just, you know, doing anything wrong, but like, you know, not trying to like slap the faces of like Natalie Wood and everyone else from the original movie, but the singing is better. The dancing sequences are better. You actually have Hispanics in the movie, not just one to represent the entire movie. And it, it they added in some things here and there. They changed up a little bit and I thought it worked better than the original. And it was so good. It's three hours long. I watched it twice. I watched six hours of West Side Story in one week. And I didn't mind. In fact, I looked forward to the th second, third hour run of it. It was really great. I'm really excited to see it. Like, I'm very excited. I didn't, I saw so the reason I love musicals. I love musicals. The reason I didn't see this movie was because I didn't like the original. I was mm -hmm. not a fan. I thought it was... I, I didn't like the forced accents. Uh, people were clearly painted brown in the original. It, I know what you mean. Serious, like, it was just very, very obvious that, like, some of these guys were just white people. Like, with very, you know, it, it just took out the realism for me in a lot of ways. Yeah. I, not that I, not that I knew they were Hispanic people in this movie. So I wasn't about more of that. I just didn't really like the story too much. But... I trust you, and I love musicals and already. Even so I won't be like Zach this. is not a musical person either. He loved the movie. He thought it was great too. Like it's just one of those things where, technically, the movie is so stunning. Because I was also afraid that like, oh yeah, you have these actors and everything like that, and they're probably not going to put the work in just because no one puts in the work like how they used to in movies for musicals and stuff like that. And no, every person, every main lead in the role, sang danced, acted incredible. And I know that there is issues with Ansel Elgort and things like that. And aside from all that, I don't agree with him being put in the movie, but I'm just going to say it. He also did very well. I will, a lot of people want to rip on him for that in real life. Yeah. Rip on him all you want. You know, he's not a great person for what he's done, but he, he did really well in this movie and his singing was great too. 
You know, I thought the girls in the movie outshine more. And you can tell because they actually won both girls won the Golden Globe um, for best supporting and best actress in a comedy. Um, but it was it was oh, cool. um, I believe the, the the girl's name is Debose who plays Anita. Oh, my God. She was killer in this movie. She was so great. And it was just overall like an amazing experience to watch in the theater. And even though, like I said, it sucks that it does have some controversy in it, even with the controversy aside and everything, even if you don't look at Enza Elgore at all in this movie, (laughs) even if you just, you know, ignore him, it's still a fantastic movie because everyone put their heart and soul into the work. And it was so good. Well, I'm very happy. I'm like, really This was a movie that it. I look at and I'm like, oh, the people who made this movie actually cared. You know, like you could tell sometimes that they make remakes just for the sake of making a remake and stuff like that. But this one, it was like, oh, no, like probably West Side Story is very near and dear to Spielberg's heart because the people who he picked and everything like that, it worked immensely and it worked better than the original, you know? Okay. I'm really, you've, you've sold me. Good. I'm going to go see it. Good. It's playing like there's. I think the last few showings are this week. At the end of the month, it. it will be available on um, Disney Plus. Yeah, but I feel like if I can't see it, it's not the end of the world. I'll see it on no, Disney this Plus. is something but that I you have to like sit in the theater like for. This. Even though it is long, it's a nice long movie. It was genuinely like it didn't feel like you were watching like oh god, I'm watching a three hour Shakespearean play or something. Like it felt like you were watching like a really good like broadway play on the screen and that it was thoroughly enjoyable okay i'm i'm sold it was was awesome now what's your your number one is i i said it was nightmare Nightmare alley um why number one for you um i think i really think it's one of the best stories that have come out this year i know it's not super original i know it's technically a remake but I love when they do that. I love make like West Side Story, taking something and making it better. I don't think a lot of people knew about Nightmare Alley before this. I didn't. And I think Guillermo del Toro knocked it out of the park. The cast was great. I love a good noir thriller. And I really enjoyed the fact that they were able to still keep elements of the time. It felt like an old movie in a 2021 landscape and I really really like that and I think they need to do more of those mm-hmm. types of films because they're genuinely very entertaining and you can't really go wrong especially with a movie like this and I think Del Toro kind of found where he should be personally I think I know he loves monster stuff but he did an amazing job yeah, with this did. film he picked the killer cast and I just enjoyed the story. I also like carnival themes. I don't know why. They you always mention the carnival I'm aspect of it, but I understand. I understand. I like the carnival. I don't know. I think because like carnivals now is just clown stuff and I get it. But there was more. I think there's just more to be discovered mm-hmm. there. There's like a dark history behind carnivals. And that was like just scratching the surface. So if we could do more of that, that would be fantastic. Yes. Um. I think this is Bradley Cooper's one of his best. Yeah, I I, I, I definitely agree too. And I, I loved him and his um, on-screen, you know, romances with uh, Rumi, Mara, and Kate Blanchett. I thought that Love he did a great too. job, you know, even interacting with them. Kate Blanchett is my mm-hmm. favorite actress ever. Rooney Mara, I'm really excited because she's going to play Audrey Hepburn soon. Good choice there. Um 
But stellar cast, everything about it was great. It's my favorite thing I saw in theaters this year. And I want them to make more. I think right now, I don't know if you feel Mm -hmm. this way, but the trend is like superhero, which is nothing wrong with superhero action. There's nothing wrong with that's kind of the trend. And there is just a lot in general of not thrillers, but like a horror drama combo out lately. Or you get your big things like House of Gucci, which is fine, but there's not enough niche genres anymore. Like the mystery genre is almost mm-hmm. gone. The there's not a lot of music. There ain't no drawers. No there's no noirs anymore. There's barely any like plain mm-hmm. thrillers. We get horror, we get superhero action, and we sometimes get a good drama. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I think considering how good this movie is like there's so much potential i really enjoyed it and i think i hope we get to look forward to more stuff like this because i enjoyed it i loved it and that is that i know you're number one (laughs) and i knew as soon as you were talking i was like it's not on her list i feel cheated because i thought it was going to be on your list no it was a great film it's just I can't say I enjoyed it more than any of these films. I loved Red Rocket. I loved Red Rocket. If I had to place it, it'd be 12. That's a slap in the face. Well, I also know that you still really like Sean Baker, and I know that you still, you personally care, like, like the Florida Project a lot more. Oh, my Florida Project is one of my favorite films ever. Top 25 for me. Not that, this film was very good. I just... The problem and a lot of the ways I measure my films is if gotcha. I would see it again. And not that I wouldn't see it again. I just, it's not a movie I'd pick up. That's, I think for me, more I consider like that as like a factor. Years. But for me, it's things that like last in my head. If you can linger <laughs> around my brain, my brain is always thinking about things. If you can, like anyone else's, duh. But like if if a movie can just come and go in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, I really like that scene. Or, you know, just like kind of pop in as like little mirages in my head throughout the day after seeing it and stuff like that. That's when I know I've seen a banger. Even though it might not be like, I can say like Red Rocket is technically from a <clears throat> from a like a production standpoint it is not better than west side story it is not better than tragedy of macbeth from that technicality aspect but in terms of the lingering that lingering feeling thinking about it thinking about it again reflecting on it hearing in sync <clears throat> things like that are you good or are you choking i okay. had a hiccup <laughs> it'll probably but, come back um, at some point essentially I <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna mute okay. myself you can talk <laughs> Okay. Um, so yeah, I really loved Red Rocket. Red Rocket really uh, just kind of stuck in my head for a while. I loved the acting in it. I thought it was really a an excellent movie, but it's one of those, like even compared to how much I talked about West Side Story, how much I talked about the tragedy of Macbeth, Red Rocket lingers more in my head. And I think that's because I just overall really love the way Sean Baker handled it all because it is a very you know slippery slope when making a film like that and same thing with like some elements of West Side Story and even to a degree same thing with handling things in the tragedy of Macbeth but 
for Sean Baker to really teeter on this line of like, this could be good or this could be really bad in terms of the way things are presented. Um, and I know not everything has to be like morally, you know, media, moral media literacy, what everyone's talking about with licorice pizza and stuff like that. And I haven't seen it and I'm not going to talk about it, but I thought that it was handled excellently. Like this felt like someone's story handled with a lot of love and care, but also wanting to make it interesting, but also pointing out the flaws and stuff like that. And it doesn't have to be like, here's your flaws and stuff for the movie. And we've talked about this before, but I just really think like it was a really daring movie to make and it was just handled exceptionally well. And I love the, the directing, the scenery of it all and stuff and the characters too. Um, even the bad characters were just really fun to watch on screen. Um, and I just, it, it's lasted in my head and that's why it's number one for me. I, this movie made me excited to see mm -hmm. what else he does because I, he is a director that makes very fascinating yeah. stories and he, they make, he makes you care about what you're watching and it's very, all of his movies I think are very entertaining even with the harsh subject matter. And I think he's very talented for yeah, that. And I do think he gets bonus points for making a movie that brings social awareness to a topic in the modern day world, you know, like. Same thing with like yeah. something like Zola. And I think th those get like little sprinkle bonus points and stuff like that. Because in, in my own morals and in reality, I do believe that those are important. So if a movie can highlight those with also, you know, just being exceptionally well done and just really interesting to watch, even if it makes you a little bit uncomfortable. But still, I think also a great thing is if you can take away something from a movie, like I took away entertainment from West Side Story. It took away entertainment from the tragedy of Macbeth. I took home, you know, a, a little bit of a new outlook on certain things and stuff like that and just new information from Red Rocket. And that's another reason why it's my number one. Yeah. That's fair. But I also just really love the fact that he took uh, the Insync song and kind of used it beginning, middle, and end at different points. I love the fact that he just took one song and was able to make that one song the entire soundtrack to the movie. And I really appreciate that fact. And I thought that was super clever. Agreed. So that is our best of best from 2021 featuring some movies from 2022 and older because I mentioned 1984 and The Night Porter. Um, but yeah, so this was our list and everything. Um, we were not able to see all the movies that were available out there. I know I was not able to go to the movies as much as I wanted. I was not able to rent the movies as much as I wanted. And of course, we are both students too. So if you're like, but you guys are movie reviewers, <laughs> we don't. Who's putting money in our pockets to go see these movies? We're not getting deals. We're not getting local deals from our movie theater. We should. We should look into that. We're not getting deals or we anything like actually. that from our local movie theater and stuff like that. You know? And it's still... We should harass Sinopolis. We can what? Let's go harass them. We should We should go harass Sinopolis. I feel yeah, like they, they've... Oh, dude, the amount of times I... They've made money off of us. They are right? self-sustaining businesses just but from the past three months that I've been there. Uh, um, yeah, so that was just what we saw. That was what some of our favorites were and stuff like that. And I believe there's still movies that we're going to go see soon that are newer movies from last year. So I know we're probably going to go see The Power of the Dog soon, as well as I would still love to see like Don't Look Up. And so we just weren't able to view all of them. We had lives of our own. Um, but yeah, so... 
it's just you know <laughs> sorry we have yeah lives. like I, i'm not uh, i'm in pharmacy school i can't like oh what am i gonna do bring my little drug flashcards and watch west side story for the third time again <laughs> uh, but yeah so and then also having a break a winter break helped a lot too um but yeah so that is yes. our top 10 movies plus a little bit more um from 2021 we hope you enjoyed as always a uh, shout out to sensei david homeboy james and danny boy um and if you're wondering how do i get a cute little schnazzy little shout out at the end um cute little cheeky shout out you can always go to our patreon where we have a little dollar tier and essentially if you subscribe to that every single episode as long as you are subscribed to that dollar tier you will be mentioned in every single end of the episode um hopefully we can get back on our um we were originally supposed to do godfather this week however um that was also something hard for me to fit in this week between starting school again because it is i think i have the only the uncut version available so it's like three and a half hours um but we okay. will be talking about the godfather soon as well as we have some other movies coming up so um we should be back hopefully fingers crossed that no one else gets sick or sick with something else or whatever it may be knock on please god no Um, but hopefully we should be able to adhere once again to our every single sunday at noon episode um thank you so much for following with us throughout uh 2021 we uh i definitely wish and savannah i'm sure you do too hope you guys have a safe and awesome new year try to avoid covid get boosted and watch some good films Okay, that's the that's the tone for 2022. Good films only. You know, good vibes only. Nah, good films only. Good films. Good films only. only. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And you will hear from us next week when we discuss Godfather. Bye. Bye.